The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Are you someone that constantly procrastinates? You feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start? You plan a long list of to-dos and they never get done? Maybe you self-sabotage on your goals or things you want to do. Do you know that I've been doing time management coaching now for about two years? Yes, sis. I have coached over 60 plus women on how to better manage their time and overcome self-sabotage and procrastination. This time I want to help you. I'm offering for a very short time one-on-one strategy calls. On these calls, we'll go over all of your needs related to time management, and I'll give you some quick tips to help you learn how to manage your time better. If you're needing that direct help, I've got you. Go to rosalindrenee.com and scroll to where it says book a call with me and go to the link in the show notes to get on my calendar. I can't wait to help you, sis. Now let's get to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Rosa Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And on this episode of the podcast, we are doing another interview and I am really, really excited about this interview. I woke up this morning actually like so excited to talk to these girls. So I have had the beautiful opportunity to actually interview on their podcast two different times. And I just love, love, love the questions they ask. I love their energy. I love everything that they're about. And they are the hosts of the Obedience Podcast, which is an amazing podcast. And so I get the beautiful pleasure of interviewing this morning, Ashley and Shay from the Obedience Podcast. So girls, say, hey, sis, sis. I can say sis, because it's three of us on here, girl. Yes. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So we are going to be talking today about some really good topics. When I did my console with them, we kind of came up with an array of different things. But first, I want to kind of just hop into it. Why don't y'all individually introduce yourselves and uh, we'll get into that. Well, <laughs> I'll go first. So, hey, y'all. My name is Ashley. Some people call me Ash. Call me a child of God as well. Well, of course, yeah, a child of God. Uh, I'm one half of Obedience Podcast. We've been doing this for... Um, a little bit over two years, and I just love the journey, love getting in front of the camera and just talking about my father and how he's so good and uh, just the evolution of getting to know him even the more through his word. So good. All right. Hey, you guys. My name is Shantavia, but most people call me Shay, and I am the second half of Obedience Podcast with Ashley And I pretty much agree with everything that she says. I've been loving the journey so far, and it just keeps getting better and better. No complaints on my end. Awesome. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. So how did you both start the podcast? So, well, I guess I'll start. So God woke me up one day with the vision of the podcast, and he pretty much told me how he wanted it to go just to teach Bible studies because I love reading the Bible and I wanted more people to be into the word like I was. And so 
he just gave me the vision of the podcast to teach Bible studies. That's what we do over at Obedience Podcast. We teach scriptures, you know, and I reached out to Ashley. I've known her since, what, college? Mm-hmm. And our relationship had developed past college, and I reached out to her, and she quickly agreed. And we started probably that week putting the podcast together. And by the end of October, the first episode was out. We haven't had a break since. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So that was quick. Yeah. Okay, so starting anything is always like super intimidating. I'm going to use the word intimidating. I don't want to say fearful. It can be intimidating. You've never done it before. You have no idea what you're doing sometimes. And then you can even feel some level of imposter syndrome of like, I've never done this before. Who's going to listen to me? And then over time, like something happens where you continuously do it. It gets better. You get more comfortable to the point to where you don't even, it almost feels like second nature to you. So for y'all starting off, what was that like when you were starting just sharing your story, like getting on a microphone talking and you don't really see anybody. You're just by yourself. And with you and Shay, it's just you and Shay and Mm -hmm. Ashley and Shay. And so with that being said, like how did that feel in the beginning being open on a microphone in front of no one for both of you? It felt weird. (laughs) <laughs> if I'm just like, oh gosh, I'm looking at this camera. I don't even know who's watching. Who is going to watch? Is somebody going to watch? Do they really care? It was a whole bunch of questions. And like, like you said before, it felt like, am I enough to feel like I can minister the word to somebody? Like I'm not yeah. no seasoned saint over here. And I'm out here just giving my experience and what God has taught me throughout this short journey, up and down journey that we've been on. So I didn't feel... I guess, worthy enough to be able to minister to people. And honestly, I didn't even think of it as a ministry until uh, I think our third episode. And that was actually a vlog. So I was just like, okay, this is scary because I've never done this before. But yeah, it just felt like, uh, do you really know what you're talking about? At the beginning, it felt like I had to, we talked about this in the previous consultation, felt like I had to script myself because I did not want to lead anyone in the wrong way because that's somebody's soul. I don't want to taint anyone's soul. I don't want to lead them in the wrong way. And I don't want my daddy to be mad at me because I didn't say something wrong. So in the beginning, everything was scripted. I mean, everything from the laughs to like the exclamation points expound on this word or something like that so it just felt like I was I don't know what's the right word I would say just scripted and not really open to allowing Holy Spirit to really give me the words to say but just trying to perfect everything oh yeah that's good that's real (laughs) good Shay what was it like for you well for me it was pretty much like Ashley very scripted like our Between her and I's notes, our little Google notes were super long. (laughs) But at first... talking novels. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dissertations. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't so intimidating at first because in my head, we really didn't have an audience. The only audience we had was like, you know, my family, Ashley's family, our friends, It didn't really get intimidating to me to where I was like feeling imposter syndrome when our follower count started to grow. 
And we started getting people commenting and saying how the podcast was helping. That's when I started feeling the imposter syndrome because I'm just like, whoa, this is actually a ministry and this is not what I thought it was going to be. You know, God gave me a vision. I thought I knew what it was, but he had a bigger plan for it. And I'm just like, like actually afraid because I am not a seasoned saint. I am just, you know, how old was I at the time, Ashley? I am just 26 years old. Like this is, mm, I don't have the experience. I'm not qualified. Girl, girl. And going back to when I started my podcast, I would tell myself, what do people want to hear from me? Like, Mm -hmm. why are y'all listening to me? I don't have anything to say. Like, and it would just be, you know, like you kind of said, Shay, like, when the follower count grows, it's like people I don't even know. Mm-hmm. People I have no previous connection with, people who have never talked to me in real life, maybe even listening, they follow you and you never interact with them. So it's just almost like a higher level of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think the feeling that comes up is I don't want to make mistakes. Yes. I don't want to embarrass God. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And y'all can talk about your experience, but I think even early on for myself, one of the things God told me was really kind of hopped on my heart too about was you're doing this for me. This is a ministry between you and I that you're sharing. You're just sharing your story. And that story has tons of mistakes. And what I realized and just kind of being in the podcast space too, for sure, is that what I'm going through, somebody has thought felt, said, but probably has never heard anyone else verbalize it. It's almost like shame for yourself when you've never heard somebody say something, never heard somebody experiences. You almost shame yourself. It's like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Not knowing that there are so many other people that experience that. And so like with that level of vulnerability, because it is very transparent, you know, you're sharing parts of you that, you know, you think back years ago, what you said when you were 26, you're like, Girl, you know what I was saying when I was 26. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying when I was 28, when I started this podcast. I didn't know. I don't even remember what I was going through, but there's still like records of that. So it's a higher level of vulnerability. So for you all, like, let's talk about the vulnerability piece. What was that like for you to share in that vulnerable way? And also, what does vulnerability really mean to you now? All right, so... I'll go first, Ashley, if you don't mind, because it kind of goes into right after we started getting the follow account and we started being like super intimidated. So at the beginning of 2021, probably like January or February, I can't remember the exact date, but God woke me up and all I saw was the word truth. I saw it visually. So I'm like, what am I not being truthful about? I'm like, go breaking my brain. Like, what am I not doing that he told me to be truthful about? So I got in his word, you know, what he talks to me the most. And it led me to where he was telling me that he wanted me to let go of all that uncomfortability that I was having because he wanted me to use my life to influence others to the kingdom. And so that did birth the segment on our YouTube channel, Intentionally Shay, where I just share my life, my regular life with people, and it incorporates God into it just so, you know, one day somebody can come into the kingdom. But also with living intentionally, he wanted me to be truthful. And that's why he gave me that word. 
meaning that he wanted me to share the good times, the bad times, the ugly times. And a lot of the times people only want to share the good times and not share the bad times. Or if they do share the bad times, they've already gotten through the bad and now they're sharing your story when they're out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes people need the encouragement from somebody that's going through it. Yes. All people, but some people specifically, people like me, I need the encouragement from somebody that's going through it and not that's already gotten through it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how my brain works like that. So when I was younger, for instance, growing up in the church, I did grow up in the church, by the way. When I was younger, growing up in the church, all I saw was, you know, people pretending to be like the perfect Christian. Mm -hmm. And so I never really got an example of what it looked like to go through it. All I saw was, oh, everything's good. You know, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, everything is good, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was really intimidating for me to be a Christian because I was just like, okay, my life is not all perfect and dandy. So I don't think that I can do that. And so when I got closer to God, it made me realize that you don't have to be perfect. You know, you can just be you. He just wants you. And with the intentionally Shay and the truthful, it's kind of like share with people what you're going through now, what you're going through in the moment. Now, sometimes, like Ashley says, you can't even get what you're going through in words. But what I'll do is once I can get some kind of words together, I'll put it out there and let people know what I'm going through. Because like you said, Rosalind, somebody somewhere in this world is going through the same exact thing mm-hmm. at the time that you're going through it. And it just encourages you. You know, Paul always talks about encouragement and that's what we should do as a Christian community with each other. And so basically God was telling me, show the people what you wish you saw growing up. So nobody mm-hmm. else is hindered from coming to me. And so that is what helped me. God just showing me the word truth. That is so good. You said a couple of things that I wanted to point out. You said growing up in church, hearing people or seeing people pretend to be Christian. You said, or even just like having the persona of like this perfect life and Really also too, there's another side of, especially when you could like share your testimony on all those things, you like almost question your identity of, man, if I share this, I can't be myself. I can't be myself. That was really my struggle in a lot of some of this. It's like, I can't, I can't be myself. Like, I don't want to be this boxed up kind of like way of doing things. But the level of vulnerability and the truth is that I think it becomes a facade when we try to like, almost make our lives be like quote unquote perfect in front of people. And then behind closed doors, they're really not like behind closed doors. You're crying. (laughs) I'm saying you using choice words. You like what is happening because it's very like you get pieces from God. It's almost like a puzzle. And in different scenarios with trials and all that kind of stuff, I always say to God, like, you give me a box of puzzle pieces and I have to figure out how to put them together. And the puzzle pieces are 
small words from him where he'll whisper something to you because all the time too like he ain't saying stuff like he's not always talking like constantly if he is talking it's just through the word and it's like nugget they're like very sacred nuggets Mm -hmm. and that's all you really have to go with everything else is in faith and so it becomes a thing where that's so frustrating it's probably one of the most frustrating things because you're being obedient to something that you've never seen before and no example. And also too, sometimes having a lack of community with people who can also verbalize what they're experiencing too. And I think it comes down to like really, you know, trusting the process, but also like you said, Shay, like being honest because it's ugly. It's not cute. It's ghetto. Okay. It is G-H-E-T-T-O, like Bow Wow said, like it is ghetto. Okay. So like with that also too, like actually you can go into your part with that sharing of the truth piece, what was it like for you just to be vulnerable? And what did vulnerability look like? Scary. <laughs> Scary. It's pretty much terrifying because, like, just to piggyback off of y'all, because I grew up in the church as well all my life. That's where I've been. And to grow with the cultural saying that, you know, we don't share what we're going through. And, you know, it's not anyone else's business what we go through. And then, you know, we're just going to pray everything away. And don't get me wrong. Of course, as Christians, we pray. But not sharing the truth of what we're going through kind of turned me away from being a Christian at a young age. Because I'm just like, these are some perfect people that I can never live up to. that I can never be. But it took me growing up to realize that, you know, there are some, what's the word? There are some unhealed people in the church because we haven't really properly been vulnerable with our sisters and brothers in Christ. My God. Yes. So that can be such a hindrance for a lot of people, for a whole generation of people when we've been stuck in bondage and holding our business, quote unquote, business together. Mm -hmm. But really and truly, have we been sharing each other's burdens to actually grow? And I felt like for a while that we were just going to church, praising the Lord, going back, hearing the word, and then going back to church. It was just like a routine of just the same old thing. And I'm just like, can we get delivered? And I just needed to grow a little bit more. Yeah, I already shared. I was reluctant to being a Christian because I couldn't live up to the perfection of it. But as I got into the God's word and just knowing him for myself, knowing first who he is, and then getting the revelation of grace, it was freeing <laughs> from knowing the word for yourself and just opening up to people, sharing what I'm going through, how I feel. And then hearing other people like, yeah, even my mom saying, hey, sometimes I felt that way. I was just like, wait, we've been sitting in here in this living room for a while and we've been going through the same thing and having the same thoughts and we never share. It's been about 10 years. I'm just like, it's been a while. You know, we have to get to that moment of sharing our thoughts. Because when we do that, and one of Shay's favorite scriptures is, when we are weak, God is strong. I'm misquoting it. But in essence, that's what it says. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. That's what it is. Big facts. Big facts. So when we are weak, that's when our father can come in. When we open up to him, that's when he can come and be our rescue in those moments. But if we're the strong one, are you saying that God can help me? If that makes so sense. You're also saying you don't need God. Yeah. 
So I'm always strong. So, hey, what is God for? Oh, y'all saying so much good stuff. One thing you said, Ashley, was there's a lot of unhealed people in the church. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when we're unhealed, um, and healing, I do believe, is like an ongoing process. I think that there's, from just the things that I have worked with clients on, myself, done even when I was working in the field, like in my profession, that it's ongoing because we're constantly triggered by something. The difference is that we're aware we're aware of when something happens, how to respond, or we just don't respond in the old ways we used to. We essentially mm-hmm. become transformed. And so I believe that there is a perspective shift that happens. But when you're unhealed, you essentially are walking around with a set of glasses that your perception of something looks totally different because it's not transformed by God. And so you're looking at something and thinking, I have to be a perfect way because I don't want anybody to say something about me. And essentially that's operating in religion because religion mm-hmm. will tell you, be this way, be a certain way, look good, don't show yourself because what is somebody going to say? Almost and what that really is judgment. And when Christ died, we were able to relinquish all of our sins because he took the judgment. So that's why when the Bible talks about like there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, we were we were afforded to be condemned, but because of Jesus, we don't have that. So there's always grace yes. or vulnerability, which yeah. is why when a lot of times Jesus did stuff, it was always with the attitude of compassion. He wasn't like looking at somebody saying, Oh, you're bad. He was more so like, What do you need? If I approach you and you're vulnerable, instead of judging you, saying, what do you need in this moment versus, oh, let's just pray this away. Oh, let's just cover this up. I'm not approaching you with the eyes of judgment or hiding because essentially that's what that is, is hiding. And I'm going real deep for a second. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, the first thing they did was shame themselves, aka Mm -hmm. hide. When God came looking for them, he was looking for them. They were hidden. They hid themselves. They hid not only themselves away from God, they hid their bodies. There was a hiding. Immediately when sin happens, whether it's like any type of non-vulnerability, you're actually going to hide. So when you find Mm -hmm. like I'm hiding something or I'm covering up something, I'm trying not to show this or I don't want people to know, you're operating in shame of whatever it is because you're hiding. And when God is always saying, come boldly to my throne, That boldness is boldness and vulnerability. Like the previous scripture before that says, we do not serve a high priest who does not understand what we've gone through essentially. And so Jesus is like, I experienced everything that you experienced. I understand why you don't want to be vulnerable. I understand why you don't want to be shamed. But vulnerability is challenging. And I think Shay, going back to your point, I think more believers have to talk about the ugliness of what it looks like, the ugliness of our flesh in the middle of it, because it's not cute. Like it is genuinely not cute. I remember <laughs> talking to, cause I just passed my LCSW saying, Ooh, I'm so excited. about yeah. that. But, but the weeks leading up to that test, y'all, I remember crying to my therapist and I said to her, I said, who I'm seeing in front of me that I see every day. I don't like it. It's like my flesh has just gone haywire. I have said, I just told her, I said, I, in a very transparent way, I was like, I've said more cursed words than I've probably said in years. Mm-hmm. I'm so upset. I'm so angry. I feel so stressed out. 
and I don't have any resolve, everybody I talk to that, you know, I go to my community, everybody I talk to, it's like nothing is fixing. The only person I can go to is the Lord. But it's like, I don't even have the words to verbalize to yeah. tell him what's wrong. And I was like, I don't like this. And her immediate words to me was, you're being humbled. And I said, <laughs> I don't like this humility process. <laughs> and I remember passing, when I passed my test, I remember worshiping God and I was telling him like, why was this season so hard? Like this whole year, I felt like you were just trying me, trying me. And he was like, I had to kill your flesh. And I remember immediately thinking of the scripture and I don't know what it is exactly, but when the children of Israel used to take sacrifices to God, the flesh would of course be burnt on the altar and it would be a sweet aroma to God. Mm -hmm. What that brought to my mind was, God's desire isn't to hurt us, but he has to kill the thing that's going to impact us getting to where we're going. And that process is really, really horrible. But to him, it's a sweet aroma to him. But to us, it's like, you are killing me. I am literally wanting to just go off. But your flesh has to essentially rise to the surface. And that's a vulnerable piece, y'all. And I can be bold to say, like, yeah, I was using choice words. Like, nobody's business, baby. I was like, every other word, I was like, God, I just thought this is just horrible. I would even find myself trying to pray and would cuss because I would just be so (laughs) upset. And so what God has shown me, like, there's still grace for that. Yeah. And I've even now gone to him and say, change my words. Because I understand, as in the position I'm in, I have to use the things that I'm doing. But... I'm boldly saying that on a podcast because those are the things that other believers need to hear of. God can handle your emotions, but Mm -hmm. he has to kill it. And killing it is it being tried. So now where I'm looking is like, I got to watch what I say. That wasn't where I was at a couple of weeks ago because Mm -hmm. the trying was so bad. But even with that, there was grace for that. And so now I'm even asking in prayer, like deliver me in my words, deliver me in the way that I think about process, deliver me in the way that I approach what I do to where now I'm on the other side. But in the interim of that, God, I didn't handle that test well. I didn't handle the approach of that well. And you rose to the surface things that I didn't think about. That's not something I'll say often, but like mm-hmm. when you're really being tried, it's like you see stuff in your flesh that you just don't realize happens. Do you struggle with being consistent with God or have you fallen off your routine and really need to get back on to spending quality time with God daily? Do you find that when you actually do sit down with God, you don't really know where to start, what to read, and you really don't know how to make your routine work best for you? Well, you absolutely need the Time with God course. So let me tell you all about Assist. In this course, I discuss with you how you can actually spend time with God and study the Bible. In the first class, I teach you all the tools you need, how you can look at time with God as a benefit and not a duty or a chore, or even feel bad when you don't spend time with God. And I even give you some strategies on how you can spend quality time with him where you actually feel like you're building a relationship with him. In the second video, I share with you how to actually study the Bible. I give you over 11 different ways to read the Bible so that you can switch up your time with the Lord. Switch up your time with God and learn a fresh way on how to spend time with him. And if you purchase this course, you get the Time with God ebook absolutely free. In this ebook, I have over 23 different devotionals that you can take part in on the Bible app, 21 different Christian books, 31 of my favorite sermons, and two worship playlists. So you can never say you don't have anything to do in your time with God. 
Remember, when you purchase the course, you get this ebook absolutely free. So go to rosinrenee.com backslash time with God or go to the link in the description. Again, that's rosinrenee backslash time with God or go to the link in the description. Now let's get back to the show. So with that being said, and like kind of going back to y'all's point with the level of vulnerability, how did you learn a vulnerability was powerful especially in your relationship with God? I guess I have to take it back a little bit because even with growing up with the culture saying that, you know, you really can't trust people and people aren't so good and, you know, how they hurt you and just, I guess it's going back to people in the church not being open. So they judge people to being someone that hurts you, they aren't any good. So it made me form a barrier and be so guarded and not letting people in and people getting close to me. And it spilled over in the spiritual as well. And it hindered my relationship with God because I thought he would be the same way. Foolish, right? I know it's crazy, but I realized that I did not trust him and I wasn't opening my emotions. Like you said previously, like I wouldn't open myself up to him at all. I was just like, I had the thought and didn't even notice it until like a year ago saying that, you know, he can't really handle my emotions. And when that is so not true, he can't handle my feelings. My feelings are all over the place. Called He can't even handle my hormones right now. My hormones are all over the place. It's crazy, right? But I realized that even going through a breakup, that God can handle that. He is more than enough that I can hand him all of those thoughts. I can hand him all of my confusion. And there is power in sharing. There is strength in sharing that I never knew I had. And I can use an example. Like God knows what we're going through. He's just waiting on us to be vulnerable, open up to him. He's just not going to come in and just interrupt your day-to-day process. He wants to be invited into your thoughts, your emotions, and whatever you're going through. So I can share an example of like when I (laughs) went through a breakup and I didn't tell my dad for a while and I just broke out and I was just like, hey, dad, I went through a breakup. He was just like, I know. I was just waiting on you to tell me. And that's how God is with us. Like he already knows everything that we go through. He knows our ins and outs. He knows our thoughts so that he can come in and then work with us. We can overcome through his word. But I mean, the first step is being vulnerable and realizing that there is strength in being vulnerable. And we have to learn to just let those scars down and just continue to just trust God, even with the smallest thing. And I'm a witness that if you give him the smallest thing, that you'll continue to let those guards down. Yeah. And he can heal the heart. Yeah. He is a heart fixer. Exactly. He's also a comforter. What would you say the vulnerability like is for you, especially now in your relationship with God? Because I know the thing you said is the challenge is sometimes hearing and even knowing people's experience while they're going through. And that was very powerful to me because you don't see it. You see the other side. You see the God is good. You see all of that. Mm-hmm. But there is so much of a God, you've left me. God, you have abandoned me. 
You have not, like, the only one I have to come to is you. I'm trying to be obedient. I want to be obedient. And even in obedience, there is such a high level of what is happening. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought being obedient meant, you know, peaches and roses, but it's not peaches and roses. It's sometimes harder. And so for you, like, what is that vulnerability like? Okay, so I'm going to back it up to the early 2000s. So, I just want to bag it up to my childhood. So I grew up in a single parent household. So, you know, my mom was that strong black woman who can handle everything. Right. And so growing up, I never saw vulnerability ever. So I didn't see it at church. I didn't see it at home. My mom has three sisters there the exact same way. You're never going to see them weak, you know. So in my little eyes, because my mama and my family was always on point with everything, that meant that I had to be on point as well. So I thought to myself, I always have to have it together. Everything has to be perfect and I cannot show weakness. Now, of course, y'all, this method did not work. Because that led to me having a panic attack across the country in California when I was on the road for work. And I'm in the emergency room because they think I'm at risk to have a heart attack, right? So even in that moment in the emergency room at California, I'm still trying to be strong in front of my coworkers because, you know, always got to be strong. But long story short, when I developed a personal relationship with God, like more intimate, I realized I didn't have to be strong in my own strength. So, you know, Ashley shared with y'all my first, my on one of my favorite scriptures, Second Corinthians 12 and 9, where it says, my grace is sufficient for you, but my power is made more perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's one of my favorite scriptures because it's literally the way that I live. Because growing up, strength was always what you displayed. Weakness wasn't a thing. And now as I'm older, I realize that method doesn't work for me. Like I have to be vulnerable. I have to be weak because I cannot do anything in my own strength. I have to give everything over to him or I will legit go crazy again and end up in somebody's emergency room. And to point out something what you said earlier Ashley about you know you sitting there talking to your mom about something she's like oh yeah I've been through that too like as I became more vulnerable and started to open up with the people around me so many people were going through the same thing especially in my family as far as anxiety and to the point where you had like physical symptoms y'all about every female in my family has anxiety with symptoms I'm just like why were we holding that in? We could have came together and been a community, but you you know, the more you know. So for the next generation, we can at least get them together. But Second Corinthians 12 and 9, my power is made perfect in weakness. It sums up my relationship with God and how I'm vulnerable. And the verse actually comes from the section of the Bible where Paul talks about his thorn and how he's been given a thorn so he won't be so conceited. Everyone has a thorn. And the reason that we have that thorn is so we won't be so conceited, so we can give that weakness to God. And that's what I choose to do with my vulnerability. That's good. So he can get the praise out of that weakness. Right. 
you know, a lot of the times we're like, you know, God take this away from me. I can't do this, but it's like, give it to him so he can get the praise in that trial and tribulation. We had a series where we talked about perfect peace and how we live in a fallen world. So things are going to happen to us, but at the end of that trial and tribulation, who do you want to get the glory? Do you want God to get the glory or do you want the enemy to get the glory based on how you went through that trial and tribulation? So me giving my thorn over to God every single day, it allows me to grow closer to him because when I start to feel my heart rate rise, I'm praying to him. When I start to feel like the little tingles in my body that I get, I start worshiping him. I get in his word. So every single time I have weakness or vulnerability, I'm able to take that and give it to him. And it helps me grow closer to him because I'm leaning on him because I know that when I am weak, I'm strong because of him. Yeah, that's good. I want to bring up something that was brought to my mind more recently. Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday and we were kind of talking about pushing past your comfort zone, essentially. And she gave the example of she's spinning up her doctoral program in nursing. And she said that, you know, there are some days I work 12 hours and I don't want to come home and do any writing, but I'm on a tight deadline to finish this. And so she was talking about, you know, I just told myself, maybe I could just give myself an hour to write. And she said she did it a couple of days out of last week. And she said what she realized is God was showing her that when you're weak in this area, you feel like you can't do it. My strength resting on you allows you to understand that you can do it. So yes. she was like, even in that more so it's mindset shift. She was like, it was just a mindset shift for me to know that I can do this because when you're weak, the quickest thing and the quickest resolve you tell yourself is I can't do it. Like I don't have the strength to do these things. I remember just a couple of weeks ago in my program, I lead a weekly prayer call. And there was one prayer call that I was just like, God, I don't have anything to give. Like, I feel like I'm running on fumes because I'm also going through my own personal battles, but I still have to show up for the women that I'm serving and even praying the things that I'm praying in my brain, I'm not even connecting. It's only spirit because I'm just like, this is you because I don't have the personal strength. You have to give me strength. But on the other side of that, and also tying this back to my story with my friend, on the other side of that, what she said was, I didn't know I had strength to do that because my ultimate, or like my natural uh, resolve is to just say, I'm going to sleep. And she was like, I would come home, I would write, and I would get all the stuff out. And I would write so much good stuff that she was like, I realized I can do this. And also for me, on the flip side of that is even in my weakness, in my weakest place, God will still show up spiritually for his daughters, even when I can't. Yeah. And so it kind of goes back to what you were saying, Shay, of the, my strength will rest on you. When you can't do it, you feel like you're at the breaking point, God will say like, no, there's enough strength for you. Like I have enough for you. And so with that being said, kind of segueing into just sharing some more, what is something you say you share about this season you're in now and how God is growing you in this place? And I do not want to go first, but go ahead. One of y'all go. Because <laughs> I talk too much, y'all. Y'all know I talk. So no, ma'am, go ahead. I love what you just said that even using your friend's reference, 
like there's a reserve, like when we, we're tired, we don't have the energy, we don't have the mental space or capacity to do so. There is a reserve strength from God. Like that's when he kicks in and just does the impossible. And that goes to where I am right now. Being a new teacher, people ask me all the time, how long have you been teaching? I said a couple months. That's it. Half of the time, I don't know what I'm doing up there, but I don't even know what I'm talking about. But the techniques, the strategy, the mind, the strength that Holy Spirit has been giving me has been incredible. I'm not going to go like into depth on how he took me to this place. There is a video on our channel how uh, God told me to quit my job. And then I think there is, Shay, is it? Yeah, is it my year of 30 video of the process of me going through and becoming a teacher? But pretty much Holy Spirit just told me where to go, what school to go to. <laughs> it's funny how he told me. It's in the video. He tells me what to do what worksheets. It's free stuff that I can get. He gives me strategy. He gives me insight. And a lot of of the employees that I've never met there, they think like how I fit into the groove and the groove of things and how I work. They think that I've been there for a while. And I have one teacher to pull me aside and just tell me, you act like you've been here for years. And I'm just like, this Holy Spirit, it ain't me, child. Half the time, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I walk in the classroom. I walk in the building every day and say, Holy Spirit, this is where you have me to be clearly and that you want to have to provide for me because I don't know what I'm doing when I go in this classroom. But the way that God has prepped and primed me throughout this couple of months, we'll say about six months now, it's been strictly out of blind obedience because none of it made sense and probably never will. It makes sense now that I'm in it, but being vulnerable, being like, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know that you will never leave me wrong. I'm going to follow everything that you do, that you tell me to do, even though it does not make sense because my life is yours. And I'm not trying to get the glory out of my life because I'm going to mess something up. So I know that every good thing comes from you. So I'm going to follow you and trust you throughout. And I think that's what allows me to trust him even the more. When I give it to him and I I listen and follow his path, that's what makes me trust him even more and become more vulnerable because he knows where he's led me to. He knows the path that I'm going to take. He's already planned it out. And that's what uh, gives me the confidence to know that even in this place of I don't feel like I know what I'm doing, he's already gone before me and figured out everything. Baby, baby girl. (laughs) okay I'm gonna hold myself I did have a scripture that I did meditate on this morning it is Isaiah 58 and 11 and it just kind of ties into what you said Rosalind it says the Lord will guide you continually giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength you will be like a well-watered garden like an ever-flowing spring so baby when I get tired I be like Lord where is that well-watered garden because I feel a little dry Can I get a little push? Can you give me some water? So the Lord will continue to restore our strength and we'll be fruitful even in the times of weakness. Baby, baby. (laughs) I'm going to say one thing before you say something, Shay. Okay. Fruitful in times of weakness also too looks like, it's almost like when you are weak before the father, God will hide 
Like, mm-hmm. it's almost a different type of strength. He will hide you under him. Like, the Bible talks mm-hmm. about hiding, being hid under his feathers. To where, in the world's eyes, you look like the strongest person. Mm-hmm. Or the glory of God is just, like, on you. But you're so weak before him. So, so weak. And I think, like you said, actually, when the teacher pulled you aside and said, it's just like, you've been here for years. And it's like, no. There's a different strength when I'm being obedient because yeah. I know I only have the one thing God said. And that's the only thing I can hold on to. Yeah. I'm not going to go into my spiel. I'm going to let Shay go and then that's I'll go to so my spiel. Cool. But like you only hold on mm-hmm. to that one word you have. And truly, it's almost a lifeline. Like that's yeah. if I move out of this position, I'm operating completely outside of what I know I heard. Yeah. And you usually sometimes don't see it for months or years. But you know you have that one word. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to understand that because like the Bible says, and oh, I'm going to a spiel, but the Bible says don't become weary in well-doing. Well, what that basically says in well-doing, you're going to be weary. Mm-hmm. That's why it says don't become weary. And like it's very important to know like weariness happens when you're operating in obedience, but... It just says following that in due season, you will reap a harvest if you faint not. Yes. And yes. so the faintness comes, the weariness comes. And baby, I will say again, it's ugly. You be mm-hmm. like, what is happening, bruh? Guys, yes. you and I talk on a daily basis. You ain't going to give me no, like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I even remember when I lost my breast milk in May, I even said to Holy Spirit, I said, we talk all the time. You didn't give me no impression. <laughs> like there was no impression on my spirit to say, hey, go upstairs and look at, like I get impressions on random stuff. You didn't give me no impression. And so again, it's very hard when you're feeling faint. And so Shay, for you, like, what is this season like for you and how is God growing you? So in this season, it's kind of like I'm taking both of you guys's, what's the word? Advice. I'm taking both of you guys' advice because Right now, I'm in this season of, I would say, transition where God is moving me outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and every year around my birthday, I reflect on the year and then I give myself a word. I don't know why I do this because every time I give myself a word, I actually go through it. But my word of the year is fearless. So my scripture is Second Timothy 1 and 7, where it says, but God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And so basically he's pushing me to step outside of my comfort zone of what I'm used to. And I can't get in a lot of details because everything is still in the process, but he definitely orchestrates things. I know what I'm currently going through. He has provided finances for it unknown finances too, you know, I didn't even have to go out and ask for it. It was just provided to me. So it's kind of like everything is working its way out to where it's kind of like, yep, this is what he wants you to do. And it's definitely a change that I know that I'm going to be filled for love because I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to lean on a lot of the things that you guys are seeing and just being able to see how Ashley is transitioning through her life change. I definitely know it will inspire me as I go through it, because I know I'm going to have some hard times, but y'all know, going back to my scripture, when we were weak, he makes us strong. So mm-hmm. definitely going through the season of being fearless and leaning on him and also getting back to myself, which all of that is just going to take me having fearless faith in him. 
faith over fear, basically. And just to think about it, like, what if I never shared that experience? Like, you wouldn't have anything to really encourage you to push you through it. Yeah. But you can look at my life, also coupled with God's word, to encourage you to keep on going. But what if we never had the podcast to encourage somebody else that, hey, even though God has told you to quit your job and you don't have no other job lined up, obedience will lead your way. Like, it will be the light into your path. Like, he will never lead you wrong. And he's still the provider, even if you don't have it within your bank. He's still Jehovah Jireh. Oh, that's so good. I think that the middle of the process are things that you get reminded of afterwards, like mm-hmm. on the other side of things. I'll say for myself, current season, I'm on a coming out of one. But currently, God is teaching me how to stick with something when I don't know sometimes what I'm doing. And it's very, very, it's challenging my emotional state, emotions a lot because emotions kind of had been or had been in really a lot of times the driving seat of where I would use as a compass to kind of figure out, okay, what am I feeling right now? But now emotions really can't be the compass anymore. It's almost like Mm -hmm. your faith has to be the compass. So long story short, I went into entrepreneurship back in July that was something I didn't, I knew it was coming. It was coming very close. I knew at the time, but I did not know how it was going to come. I still sometimes don't even understand why. Like I told somebody else, I was like, yeah, yeah. Like once a week, I always consider going back to work. Once a week, I'm always like, let me look on Indeed and see what jobs are on there. Like this is a once a week occurrence. And even then, God had to check me earlier this week because it's a faith walk. And so I think, just in a wrapping of this, when you don't know what you're doing and you're knowing that you're obedient, you're on the ordered path. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really, really challenging for the, I don't know what I'm doing because your mind and your face sometimes don't align. Like what you're doing, your brain can't conceptualize supernatural. It's just too high to think about. It's hard for us to think about eternity because we're wrapped in that is supernatural because you don't know where it comes from. I look at when Elijah was born, I was on maternity leave for four months. We didn't miss a check at all. We were literally, there were two months out of the time that I was on maternity leave that I didn't work. And I think when you don't, really rely in a place of lack mentally when you have to rely in a place of abundance of knowing you serve an abundant God it challenges yourself and so what I'm learning and how God is growing me in this season is one my ability to just completely come to him but also in coming to him it's active it's active action I think there are so many days I'm like I want to spend three hours with you and there's like, okay, but grab onto what you've gotten in this 30 minutes and go run with it. He'll just give you a scripture to say, you have enough strength for this, go run now. And that's a hard thing when God says, okay, you go do it now. Because at that point you don't have a choice and that's where you hit up against the fear. So for me, it's active obedience. It's actively doing something. It's actively listening to Holy Spirit you're doing so it's just like what what's what's happening i don't i've never done this before so but there's provision and it's very scary and you're gonna make mistakes again like i said i'll go on a job board once a week and i'm like "Mm, maybe i go back to work like "Mm." and i'm just reminded that my security comes from god not a not a place so yeah that's where i'm at and 
Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's cutting off. Was I cut off, y'all? Yeah. I, it, it, I don't know if it was just me, Shay. <laughs> no, no, I was hearing it too. Okay. I was just it's like, not, I hope the audio won't mess up. It's not internet problem. Because it was a whole word. Oh, no. Well, well, I hope the people got what they needed. Yeah, I got what I needed. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I can. Holy Spirit will fill in the gaps. Hello. Yeah, he'll fill in the gaps. Hey, sis, are you currently in therapy? Then let me tell you about an amazing tool that I created and have been using since I started therapy three and a half years ago. It's called the Therapy Reflection Journal. Have you ever finished a therapy session and thought, girl, what did we talk about? Or a couple of days later, like, gosh, that was such a good point and I don't remember it. Or maybe you want a journal where you can reflect on what you and your therapist discussed to dig deeper into your mental health and really, really, really work on what you and her talked about. Well, I absolutely got you covered since you definitely need the Therapy Reflection Journal. This journal was designed for those of you that are in therapy that want to take notes during your session, write down homework, and it even has reflection pages for you to dig deeper following your sessions. It's basically your therapy journal to track your entire experience. I found that when I was going to therapy, I always would take a blank journal with me. And when my therapist would ask, okay, so how did you um, reflect on last session? I would be flipping through my journal, like, where did I write that down? Where did I write that down? And I wanted to create a structured journal to keep up with all of those sessions, all of those notes, reflections, all in one. I still use mine to this day, literally. And I even refer back to it when I'm looking for different things. You can start using it today, even if you've been in therapy. So... Go ahead and grab your copy by going to rosalrenee.com backslash journal or go to the link in the show notes. I can't wait for you to use it. The Therapy Reflection Journal is your reflection journal for your therapy experience. Now, let's get back to the show. Thank y'all. And I think as we're just thinking about all of these things, I hope that people really understand that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to share. And so kind of in wrapping up, what would you tell somebody who is struggling with vulnerability with God? Because it starts there. Like, I think we could be vulnerable on the podcast. We can share something, but it starts in our secret place. And mm-hmm. so with being vulnerable with God, completely naked, what, what advice would you give people that are in that place? Well, I would say, I know with me, it's really hard being vulnerable to somebody face-to-face. That was my whole thing with therapy. But think about it. I mean, if we're going to be open to anybody, it should be God. You know, he is the only one who can truly solve your issues, give you comfort in those issues. And you don't even have to say it out loud. You can journal it. You can, you don't have to be, what's the word? You don't have to be so proper about it. You can do it Mm -hmm. and regular talk or you can use some bad language he does not care because he just wants you to come to him and put oh shay i really it was like struggling with this sis. <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm so upset what is going on girl but afterwards i was like i'm sorry jesus i'm sorry yeah you can, you can even go to him and say hey hey lord i don't even know what's going on right now but figure it out for me and then let me know. So that's my word of advice because he's the only one who will not literally judge you. He will not interrupt you. Well, he probably will. <laughs> you know, he's gonna be he gonna be a gentleman about it. But 
if I'm going to talk to anybody, I'm going to talk to God because I feel safe around him, you know? Yeah. And like I said, he can't judge you. He knows how you feel already. And another thing, it's not somebody like physically sitting in front of you so you don't have to be intimidated. And nobody will see you do the ugly cry if you're worried about that. So just start there. I feel like he's the first place that you should start. And then you'll see like situations won't feel so bad to you or you'll get direct to a correct person because that's why I started my pouring out process was to him because I didn't, you know, I was still in my head. You got to be strong. You can't tell, tell anybody anything you're going through. So I would definitely say he's the first person you should go to. And so you shouldn't feel afraid and being vulnerable with him because the more comfortable you get with being vulnerable to him, it'll be a piece of cake once you get out there in the world because you didn't pour everything out to God. So that's my advice on work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, for you? That's good. Um, just to echo from you, like going back to what I said previously, like he already knows. He's just waiting on you to be vulnerable and to let that guard down so that he can come in and to know that he has a big enough reservoir that you can pour out to him. Like, don't feel bad for giving him all of your cares and all of your thoughts and emotions. Like the scripture says, cast them upon him because he can handle it. And because he cares, he cares enough about him as his children to be able to uh, listen, to be able to even give us a word, give us instructions after we're able to pour. And it goes back to, I think that was our complaining series back in last November. It still is like one of my favorite episodes. It's just one of them days. God knows that we're going to have one of those days. Just like Monica said, pop this Monica. Just one of them days. Pop off this. <laughs> All right, now. But she knew. She knew too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's healthy to pour out to him. And I'm look, trying to look at this scripture. We covered Psalms 142 when David was like poured out to him. And I don't have it in front of me, but he has enough. And going back to um, don't feel like you have to put it all in the right words. You don't have to rhyme or anything like that. Even in my whispers to God, he can still hear me. Mm-hmm. My heart pours and my cries to God. He can understand that. So don't be afraid to do it. Now, there's no proper way to do it. But if you need some help, you can go to our last November series and watch that series, too. Yes, I'll put it in the show notes for people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have two things to wrap this up. Two things. God knows your thoughts and your words. So yeah. this is an example of the thoughts and the words. First thing I want to say is I think vulnerability is humility. I think when you recognize that you're not strong enough to handle what X, Y, and Z, figure it out on your own. Also, too, when you're a Christian and you believe or you experience God's presence, you have a relationship with God you really know there's really no other place to go. So it's almost like the thought in your mind is, I don't have any other place to be. Even if I tried to figure this out on my own, I already know where this is going to end up. So nice. there's a just a time period between that decision. But as far as the vulnerability, vulnerability is humility. When I apologize to my husband because I've did something wrong, I'm being humble to say, I'm sorry, I haven't, I didn't do right in this situation. And the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So there's so many scriptures that talk about just like grace and God's mercy and all of those things. But I'm going to give an example of something that happened to me when it came to my thoughts and God knew my thoughts. Like even the things I'm thinking in my mind that I'm like, dang, I need to pray about this or like, dang, I need to do this. He even knows them. 
I remember it was about a month and a half ago. I was taking my morning walk and I was thinking about, gosh, it's cold outside. I need to go buy my son some winter clothes. It's about that time it was cold. We need to go buy him some winter clothes. And I thought in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to go on Amazon real quick. I ordered him a couple long sleeve shirts to kind of get us through the week because he had some jackets. And so I was like, I'll just go buy him a couple of long sleeve shirts. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to go on the hunt to go buy him some winter clothes. The next day, my daycare lady was like, hey, I got a bag of clothes for you that I'm going to give you. And she's giving me clothes in the bag, clothes in a bag before, but they've been in like a little grocery bag. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll pick them up from you next week. Uh, Cause I think it was like the weekend. My husband went to go pick up the baby on that Monday. He walks in the house with two garbage bags. I'm looking at him like, Where, what is this? And he's like, these are clothes that she gave us. Mm-hmm. In the bags, all winter clothes, all 12-month clothes, which is the size he wear. All of the clothes were like Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, True Religion, like nice sweatsuits. Nice clothes that still had tags on them. Some lady gave them to her and gave them to me for my son. As long as Elijah has been alive, we've never really bought clothes for him. People have given us stuff. I think I bought diapers for him the first time last week. We've had diapers for him. And so I thought to myself, Lord, I was thinking this. And you you brought provision. And so to know that God will take care of even your thoughts when you're not even saying them out loud to him, favor grace, the grace of God. The second thing I would say as far as being vulnerable to God is that, and that also helps me to realize that Jesus knew the thoughts of the Pharisees, which is why he, God knows your thoughts. Even if you don't pray out loud, because I know people sometimes struggle with prayer. Like if you're thinking it in your mind, God knows it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, a prime example of like, oh, you hear my thoughts. Like, you know what I'm thinking. And there's a, tons of scriptures in the Bible that talk about that. But the other side of that with vulnerability is God will, because I remember when I was really telling God, like, I don't like who I'm seeing. Like, I was coming to him very upset. Very like, I want to talk to you. But also was just, I don't enjoy who I'm seeing. Who this woman is, is not the representation of God that I feel like I portray. And or like, am I with you? God gave me an, uh, the thought of when you're tried, you're being purified, but also in purification, mm-hmm. the bad stuff has to rise to the surface. Ooh. And so when you see your flesh essentially rising to the surface, again, I was telling y'all about the choice word and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is flesh rising to the surface. The things that were hidden that I didn't see, I didn't know that that was there. There was a lot of like pride, a lot of entitlement, a lot of like, I'm obedient to you. Why would you make me go through this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not happy, Lord. A lot of entitlement rose to the surface. I didn't know that was there. And so trial and vulnerability is necessary for God to rise things to the surface to bring to your awareness so that way you can bring it to him. Because a lot of times we don't know. We don't know we're struggling with pride. We don't know we're struggling with lying. We don't know we're struggling with whatever until it rises to the surface and you have to deal with it. Some people may not know they really are dealing with poor money habits until stuff rises to the surface and it hits you in your face and you're like, oh, I really have to address this. You may just have been for years being a spender and then until like you hit with something that really impacts your savings account, you're like, I really have to then deal with this. Mm -hmm. Really until we're desperate that we realize we have to deal with stuff. And so that's vulnerability. And so it's necessary in your walk with him because he reinforces those things to bring out better inside of you. So 
Um, that's my spiel. That's my story. I'm going to stick beside him. I'm going to stick beside him. All day long. I'm going to stick beside him. So, but thank you, Ashley and Shay. I appreciate y'all. Is there anything else y'all want to share? Where can the people find you at? You can find us on pretty much every platform. We're on Spotify, Apple, what's it called? Apple Podcasts. Yeah, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Mm -hmm. We do a video podcast as well. So if you prefer to look at people, we're on YouTube. And then on our YouTube, we do have live interviews. We don't include those on the audio portion of the podcast, but you can find it on YouTube. And we also have like some more stuff on YouTube, like makeup and ministry, where we do Bible studies, do makeup and then what else, Ashley? Vlogs. Oh, yeah. We are going to do vlogmas this year. Yeah. And we do a video every single day. Yes. Ooh. Oh. Child. <laughs> Dedication for me, baby girl. <laughs> All I can say is God is really showing out. <laughs> and I definitely have some testimonies to share during Vlogmas. So definitely stay tuned to see the work of God. That's all I can say. Awesome. That's so <laughs> good. Well, y'all check out their podcast. I so appreciate y'all for interviewing with me today. And if y'all want to hear more about them, definitely check them out because they're amazing. And I love y'all and we'll talk next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>